This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports, where we talk about how the Big 12 is better than the SEC. No, I'm just kidding. This is uh, where we talk about some things outside of, of college football, and sometimes we'll dabble in a little bit of college football as well, depending on uh, the subject on uh, these days where we do this segment. But, yeah, I mean, going back to that and just following up, uh, yeah, let's let's make it clear. We're not saying that uh, the Big 12 is, or the ACC for that matter, is is better per se or anything like that. It's just the arguments get really old when you, you say the fifth best team is better than the conference champion and just treat that as fact. It's all very subjective, all of it, even our opinions. So um, interesting interesting uh, uh, thing to uh, – to uh, I guess argue about, but uh, let that I'll let that continue in the chat. Sandra Green said anyone who thought that the Big Twelve was better than the SEC was delusional, and I didn't think anyone had at no. least. I, but there are a couple of that on there that feel that way. Well, and by I, the way, hey, that's fine. You can have your opinion. Any but given year, I can't get there. Any yeah. given year, you can argue that the Big Twelve champ could compete with like maybe the top two or three teams. But I think when you start getting to that four and five and six, and it becomes like kind of ridiculous. And it's you know it, it's some of it's probably trolling, but I think that's when it's just disrespectful. And it's like, come on, the, the gap's not that wide. Like, yeah. let's have some respect for the athletes in other leagues. But anyways, I want to focus on some off the radar type of things here, and I'll let that uh, continue on in the chat. But regardless of where you stand on that, we do appreciate you, and we welcome all college football fans. Uh, absolutely. So, have you guys watched that Johnny Manziel interview with? I've only seen clips. Shannon Sharp. I, I only saw the clip of it. Gary and I watched it earlier. Where About he, losing weight. About losing weight. He, yeah. There's a bunch of things in this interview. Uh, Club Shay Shay podcast. Uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, really his star just continuing to rise in the media world, much less sports media. Uh, but there were several articles uh, coming off of this interview because Johnny had uh, a bunch of different interesting things to say. And I won't delve into all of the topics, but there was one write-up I came across that hit some of the high points uh, pretty well uh, from, I believe it was Yahoo. So I'll, I'll just hit on, on some of those highlights and uh, we can just unpack it as we go along here. Uh, he mentioned that uh, or he got into the subject of Kevin Sumlin, uh, who was his head coach, obviously, there at Texas A&M, had a pretty good thing going. One of his quotes on Sumlin was, I love that guy, and we were best buddies, but how do you have a guy telling you how to live, put away the partying and all that when he's doing the same thing behind doors? What made him great is no longer with him. I don't see the spark. There was uh, Johnny on... 
Kevin Sumlin, and uh, I guess Kevin Sumlin uh, expecting one thing, but not to you know do as I say, not as I do. I guess a little bit of that going on there in College Station. But I thought that line of what made him great is no longer with him. I don't see the spark. I thought that was very interesting and probably a little bit on point, man. Because since College Station, mm-hmm. the Kevin Sumlin roller coaster has been on a downward slide pretty much the entire time. Very forgettable tenure at Arizona and so on. And so he had that comment about. Uh, about Kevin Sumlin, of course, one of the big taboo subjects or the big uh, touchy subjects for Texas A&M during that Sumlin era was the handling of quarterbacks post-Johnny uh, when you had Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray and basically had set yourself up with the future with, with two pro quarterbacks because Kyle Allen's been how many years in the league now at this point? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's uh, long been a veteran at this stage. Uh, obviously, Kyler's still in a high-profile spot, uh, but Johnny said that he played a huge hand in bringing Kyler Murray to Texas A&M. That mistake is keeping us from being where we want to be now. They should have given him the keys, talking about Kyler. I worked my ass off to get him to A&M. He wanted to be like me. I have extremely strong and mixed emotions about that. So uh, there was his comment on uh, Kyler Murray and that whole ordeal. I, I don't hear it brought up as much because it's been a few years, but like, how much do you think that really set them back in the oh, long run? Because they I, were cruising, yeah. baby. They had, and look, he had, he didn't have the same kind of problem that Jimbo did with that number one recruiting class where now it's all gone. Yeah. You know? but again, the rules are different, but Jimbo also had to let go of like eight of them before they would even get to the transfer portal. Like that, that's how rough that class was. But, uh, they had classes that had guys leave. They had, I think they had their first top five class under Sumlin, which they were fifth. And it was like, holy cow, this guy's recruiting like crazy. They had offense out the wazoo. Manziel had just created this buzz around College Station, of which there had never been before. It like, really hasn't been since then, hasn't honestly. Been since then. I mean, there's been yeah. Joe Burrow maybe you could throw in there. Um, Kenny who, Hill um, – Oh, you're talking no, about A&M? football. Like, as far as, like, Like, one guy bringing the – like, even Caleb Williams doesn't have that kind of buzz that Johnny or even Joe did. Not like, Johnny man, level, no. No, yeah. not Johnny level buzz. They had created a situation in College Station where the biggest star in – and maybe even sports for that, like, a little bit of time. Yeah. Like, the most recognizable name was, you know, outside of the, you know, the diamond-level people, but was Johnny Football. And – Kevin Sumlin could not, and you see that, yeah, I mean, like, alcoholism playing that a part in it. Johnny Johnny would be able to identify that really easily, considering that he's... I'll get to that. Yeah, fighting those same demons, but, yeah, they did. I mean, that, that Kyle Allen-Kyler um, Murray thing was absolutely... I was at Kyler Murray's first game, and I remember watching him and going, man, this kid is raw cookie dough, man, but... Holy cow, when he gets out of the oven. Special, I mean, yeah. holy cow. It was going to be special, and they messed that up. And they messed it up, and how to lose. They lost both of them within a week of each other into the portal. Yeah. And you're like, how do you how do you go from having two guys who could start for you to zero? And if not for the grace and beauty of Trevor Knight, they would, ha- they would have been in a very bad way. A yeah. very bad way. That was the downfall of the Sumlin era was, was all that right there, and they've never quite been able to, to grab mm. that momentum the same way ever since then. And he, he also brought up during that, uh, that time period that Kingsbury was trying to become the highest-paid offensive coordinator in college football when Johnny decided to come back for his final year. 
and uh, he said that Kevin walked away from both of us. So he he had some harsh words for for Kevin Sumlin here, some some critiques for Kevin Sumlin, uh, talking about him walking away from both he and Cliff, and then also you know losing the spark and just the mishandling of the quarterback situation. I don't think any of that's brand new news, but it's just it's interesting to hear him uh, talk about it. And as far as staying for that one more season, uh, we know NIL was not around back then, uh, but he did make mention that his father had asked someone for two to three million dollars to get to Johnny to stay for another season and Johnny said that uh, he did not find that out until about four years ago that his father had made that request but you can only imagine the NIL money that oh. he would have garnered following that Heisman run would have been insane uh, I think uh, and certainly probably the top guy in college sports back at that time period given how how bright his star was shining uh, so yeah you had to do it under the table and that led to the jersey signings and all of that big which was mess, under the table and which ball. was under the table. So if he was wanting three million, his father three million over a two year period of time, what would he be? If it was he one was more that, season that he was wanting two oh, to three I million, it, I thought it said two. Okay, no, no. he asked right. someone for two to three million to get Johnny to stay for one more season. Okay, okay, yeah. So that means he probably was hoping for two and asked for three. And uh, well, if he was going to get two million, and again, there's there's not many players as valuable as Johnny was to even a specific place as he was to, to A&M. So now you're probably, you know, three or four, like five million. I mean, like, mm-hmm. look, if Imali Alva is going to get eight before he even takes a snap, what Allegedly. is Johnny, yeah, Johnny going to get, you know, for getting the Heisman? You're looking you know. like 10. I mean, after a post-Heisman, if a, if a rookie quarterback, or, excuse me, freshman quarterback's coming in and allegedly getting seven. Now, we don't know. Is that seven for four it's, years? It's or, over. It's yeah, spread out. So, like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it, but well, Johnny's getting seven for a season then, yeah. probably. Well, we've seen it. The, the deal is out. The NIL Collective had to release the deal because of all this stuff going on. So they okay. have like a... You know, it's a tiered thing. Like he, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, now, he's yeah. got. It's not seven million right away, but if yeah, he stays yeah, yeah. for three or four years, he's going to get most of it, um, or if not all. But Johnny, like, if if people don't understand what he means to A and M, if you're thinking like, well, you know, my quarterback at my school was just as big of a deal. I encourage you to go to Kyle Field, even on a day where they're not having a game, because you can go into the and take the tour and walk into the area, um, which is now like the alumni entrance, and tell me who you see more pictures of, Johnny Football or Dat Win, who was equally as big of a legend, you know, at times as as, as maybe Johnny was, and it's, it's, it's Johnny. more Johnny. It's, like yeah, it's, it's his yeah. number two jersey. Yeah. yeah. So elsewhere, uh, I'll get to the most salacious part, I guess, or I guess the part that I've heard from people the most about at the at the very end. But one more subject before we get to that, and that was him talking about how he let LeBron James down. Uh, LeBron, obviously, big Cleveland guy, Akron native, but big Cleveland guy, and uh, he was with the Cavaliers, and he was uh, all about like trying to help out Johnny, wanted to bring him under their umbrella, and did, and uh, was trying to mentor him and, and do everything that he could to help out Johnny. Johnny said, "I remember this is how bad off I was whenever I was in Cleveland. LeBron would text me every week to." come over to the house and watch a game, play poker with the boys, just tried to be there. I was so depressed for the first time in my life that even my biggest role model inspiration couldn't get me out of bed to come hang out with him. When I went to the Cavs games, I went in, I was in, I was out. I didn't really grasp and latch onto him in a way that I should have. He tries to take me under his wing, and I was just kind of nudging it away because of where my mental is and being fully depressed uh, and where I was in my life. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not, because at the end of the day, the respect that I should have for them, giving me everything, should trump all else. That's got to be a hard thing to really come to grips with 
with, man. Yeah. You basically just threw the birds at LeBron James and Maverick Carter and, like, the most powerful sports entity probably going right now in clutch sports. And they tried everything to help. They're inviting you over to the house, and you're just so – so into just, yourself or well, stoned. depressed or yeah. stoned or drunk or, and all those things combined that uh, you just kind of brushed it off. And now years later, you're you're coming to the realization. And, and that's a hard part. That's why some people just keep drinking because they don't want to have to deal with the reality of that. So kudos mm-hmm. to Johnny for as tough as that is, it's still better to have to deal with those things and, and realize your massive mistakes in life than to still be sipping at the bottle and probably be dead at this point. So that's mm-hmm. the trade-off. But that's still something that's got to be pretty tough is to uh, – to acknowledge how badly you kind of disrespected the king uh, there in LeBron James. So that was clearly one of his uh, big, um, I guess, uh, failures for sure, but regrets uh, was certainly the way he treated LeBron James. Now let's get to the most salacious part. Would that not be the weight uh, discussion? So here's Johnny Menzel. He's on Club Shay Shay. And he said that he weighed 210 pounds when he left the Cleveland Browns, when they cut him in March of 2016, and his lifestyle was so bad that he leaves the NFL or leaves the Browns in March 2016 at 210 pounds. By that fall, he weighed 170 pounds. Uh, and Sharp asked him, he's like, do you, is it all blow? Like, how do you lose 40 pounds? And um, he said that uh, he had he talked about, like, I guess in that part of having been drafted by the Cowboys and how that would have been just an absolute disaster. And even being close, I mean, can y'all imagine? As much blowback as Jerry got for that, like. It was Zach Martin, who's a Hall of Famer, so it yeah, worked out well. It worked out pretty well in <laughs> yeah. the long run for him. But, uh, yeah, it was a situation where he lost 40 pounds. Um, and said that a lot of that just had to do with his, his lifestyle and uh, not taking care of himself and uh, all the partying. Um, and, uh, yeah, very I fortunate. Said a steady diet of blow. Steady diet of blow. There you go. That was the line I was trying to get back yeah. to. The steady diet of blow was basically what he uh, attributes that to, and that'll do it. That'll do it. There's not a lot of big hey, old cokeheads uh, rolling around, as, as far as my knowledge goes, at least. The, the stereotype, at least, is the, is the skinny, strung out, and, and that certainly was Johnny well, uh, by the, that point in time. The skinny is how they get you. No, uh, but <laughs> I, I – one of the things now, like, he really needs to count as lucky stars because if he had done that now, he would definitely be dead because you oh, can't. Uh, yeah, with fentanyl. You can't yeah. with the fentanyl that's coming across the border and mixed into the cocaine, you'd, he'd be dead. I mean, he he could not guaranteed, but a very good chance, yes. Yeah. Very good chance he could have come across as a, a, yeah, come across a bad bitch. story would have broken, with all due respect, and I know his dad pretty well, and I've traded some texts with him, but not lately, that – story that Johnny Manziel was found in a hotel room or whatever would not have been a surprise. No, no, it wouldn't have. And he said at that point in time, I would look in the mirror, didn't even realize he was losing weight necessarily, but he, he said he would look in the mirror and didn't see himself as any different than when he was still playing with the Browns. And the big moment came uh, in Las Vegas. He said, until I stepped on a scale at the Cosmo in uh, Las Vegas, I didn't realize I had lost 40 pounds um, he continued to visit Vegas, continued to party despite realizing that. And he said, I remember these pictures came out and I was like, damn, what am I doing? Whatever. We'll figure that out later. Let's go again. And it was these pictures of him at a pool party where he had clearly shrunk down. And he saw those and realized it and realized he lost 40 pounds. And that's the addict. And you're like, who's got the next round? And this back to party. And so yeah. uh, interesting um, Interesting uh, interview there with uh, Shannon Sharp and Johnny Manziel. And I'm, I'm kind of over Johnny's, like, comeback, you know, as far as um, 
obviously football's over with, but I don't necessarily latch on to every interview anymore because he's done quite a few of them. But this was interesting because because Shannon Sharp does a good job, and I think you've got Johnny further down the line as well where he's probably grown and realized some things. So uh, definitely regrets how he treated LeBron um, and uh, had some words about someone that were interesting. But, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, go right ahead. But that was definitely off the radar, but something still of, uh, of interest to me. All right, uh, so elsewhere, a couple of other things. How about the Matariza story? Uh, the former oh, yeah. collegiate standout, uh, the punter from San Diego State who could just boom it. Uh, who had what looked like a pretty surefire NFL career in front of him until some allegations came out. Uh, Back in 2022, right before the season started, he had been drafted in the sixth round by Buffalo, and uh, that was in the 2022 NFL draft. And then right before the season started, there uh, was a civil lawsuit that accused him of being a part of a gang rape of a minor during an off-campus party at San Diego State back in 2021. Uh, back in December of 22, uh, prosecutors have said that neither Ariza nor any of the Aztec teammates who were also mentioned in there and accused in the uh, report of assault um, that, that they were in that they were involved. Uh, and I guess it was in, in uh, December 22 that was announced that they wouldn't be charged. And I think we touched on that way back at, at that point in time. Uh, but last year he was dropped entirely from the lawsuit filed by the victim. And in doing that, uh, he also agreed to dismiss the defamation countersuit uh, against the alleged victim. So there was that that went ongoing. But now with all of that behind him, uh, he is now back in the NFL as he has signed a contract with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and said in a statement, I'm proud and honored to sign a contract with the Chiefs. I am thrilled to be able to continue my NFL career. I want to thank my family who have been my rock and my many friends who have been unwavering in their support. So, um, yeah, they've got a punter and Tommy Townsend who will be a free agent. And so they sign Matt Ariza and he's getting a, another crack and, uh, you got to let the justice system play out, but, uh, man, what a, what a, a bad, just a bad deal, I well, guess in general. The, and, uh, when the prosecution says that none of them were even there, you yeah, know, like that, that's the thing is like, well, but man, I remember reading a lot of like yeah. this piece of, you know, yeah. and, yep. and all that, like and, right away. And it, it has a, like, it has a very Duke lacrosse-esque yep. feel to it. And the thing that's really, Which that never really fully got pulled back the way that it should no, have. I, I think, think a lot a, of the news corporations were like, let's just move on here. There's a great 30 for 30 about it. Yes, the there only is. Ones who did, but like, so every, for every Duke lacrosse and situation like this, there's 99% of them are true, but this one untrue one does a lot of damage to those people who are fighting to have their voices heard. Yes. Because did he have a civil suit after that? Well, he did. He, I just said he dropped oh, okay. it. Oh, okay. He, the, okay. Um, she sued him back, and then he's like, well, the agreement was, well, Joe brought the triple suit, civil suits. Everybody dropped on. everything yeah. and moved yeah. on, yeah. Okay. Basically yeah. all moved on, yeah. yeah. So he is back in the NFL. You have seen the, the highlight of him with the 82-yard punt? Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. So he is uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we will see how that works out for him in the long run. But uh, just uh, not going to let that story go without following it up a little bit. And so there you go with Matt Arise. And we'll see if that's like a feel-good comeback story. Obviously, the subject matter just absolutely sucks and is not fun to to discuss. But uh, innocent until proven guilty is yeah. is what it's supposed to be. And uh, and here he got his, I guess, um, his just due there at the end. So And Mickey on the chat room going, it's the opposite now. When it comes Very to women much. accusing men of sexual assault, you're guilty. 
Uh, Online, and, I think that that's yeah. a, a sentiment that's become far too common of just automatically just you see Court an allegation opinion. and yeah. you just boom, you go, they're guilty. And I think that that's gotten way out of control for sure. And you got to let things play out. And so in this case, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of deleted tweets or just tweets that, that people forgot they, they drew up two years ago. Um, but there you go with that. There's a follow up on that. So a couple of other things before we move on entirely. You passed along this note to me. It's a, a small thing, but for the Baylor fans out there, not so much. Uh, Michael Ford, head track coach uh, for the Bears headed to the 2024 Olympic Games. He will be the men's sprints and hurdles coach for Team USA. So congratulations to Michael Ford. That's a cool honor. That's a hell of a deal. Baylor turns out like their track, uh, what Clyde Hart did and built here and Michael Ford uh, and, and of course, Todd Harbour before him and the Michael Mm -hmm. Ford, they they all learned under him. Michael Ford is one of the best um, track coaches in the country, Um, especially with you know, Baylor's a program that has a lot of elite track athletes. They've never won an overall national title because that you need, you know, more scholar like full scholarships to track do that. Track and field. Yeah, track and field. But right. they but they have won many individual events and they've had many Olympians, Michael Johnson being the most famous of, among them, Trayvon Bromel currently, mm-hmm. you know, all Jeremy there. Warner. Jeremy Warner. Yeah, all, all those guys. Uh Daryl Williamson, he was he was also um on the uh, you know uh, a medal winner. So you've got all these these dudes. So I'm not surprised that that Michael Ford is is getting that honor. He's he's very much earned. You it mentioned there. Bromel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the most we, yeah. we once Warner. had him on on WhatsApp on yeah. the show. We had, he, he was, was in, in Germany or something in like Germany that. or yeah. Italy or something. Like, yeah, good, just good. run an event. Yep. yep. Yeah. So Michael Ford, uh, now the men's sprints hurdles coach for Team USA, coming up this summer in Paris. And so that's a good deal. And then Big 12 tie-in, the, the head men's coach, uh, USA track and field, is Stanley Redwine from Kansas. So he will be there along with him amongst some other coaches as well. But that's got to be cool, dude. You go over to the Olympics as a coach in Paris and Team USA saying all that jazz that's that's pretty sweet uh all right i start to wind it down here uh do did want to make mention that um there is a, a new documentary coming out that i think will be of interest because when there's sports movies or things like that that start to come out i, I want to mention them and, and kind of throw in some of the pop culture aspect here uh, but netflix has announced uh, one of their newest sports projects it'll be uh, on the horizon here soon uh, announcing yesterday a new documentary about the montreal expos and the oh. setbacks that led to their departure from montreal where they played for 35 years making one playoff appearance in those 35 years but every year starting out with the hopes of even if it was unrealistic a shot to win the world series yeah shocking even if it wasn't realistic college football could learn from that in 1994 had the strike not happened they They would have been in the playoffs they had the best team now would they have won the world series this is a guess like sixty and thirty-two, they or were like unbelievable. That. Yeah. I mean, Larry Walker was on that team. I mean, they like Larry Walker was about to hit four hundred. Like, just ridiculous things were going on. Yeah, uh, in that right. ninety-four Expos team, uh, Pedro, Dennis Martin, like they had, they were great. Their squad. Yeah, they were seventy and forty when the, the yeah strike, the strike happened. Jeez. Now, would they have won the World Series? Who knows? It's always tough. But that would have been that would have been their. Pinnacle season. So Netflix is working on a new documentary uh, looking at the departure of the Expos uh, and moving to eventually become the Washington Nationals back in 2000. And four, so that is on the horizon. But in some of the press release uh, surrounding this, or in some of the the write ups uh, surrounding this, I'd also made mention that you know besides the whole we're we're proud to do this, um, you had the statement from from one of those uh, 
the companies involved. Uh, Richard Spear, who's the president of Attraction, who's the production company, said the Expos were the first MLB team outside the U.S., and despite their departure from Montreal, they continue to have passionate fans to this day. This film will tell the story of the team through those eyes, through the eyes of those who lived it. There's still a push to get them another expansion team eventually, but it looks like Las Vegas is in line for that, and I know that uh, Salt Lake City is uh, really trying to, to get involved in that as well, amongst some other spots, but I wonder if we do see baseball back in Montreal uh, ever again. But in the uh, in the press release about it, they also announced that cameras are already following the Boston Red Sox as they will also be doing a docuseries on the 2024 Red Sox and are also working on a documentary about the 2004 Red Sox, a series that will focus on their first World Series title in 86 years. So a couple of Red Sox projects also hey, in the work for Paul over one, here. The one in this year... Uh, they're going to hope there's a strike. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, maybe. actually, uh, I've got a great title for the one from this year. It's called "Are You Effing Kidding Me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. twenty twenty four, baby. Yeah. So there is. Uh, sorry, Jeff. Something else you want to say? I just wanted to throw in about the. I just looked at the ninety four Red Sox roster, and this is not the same person. But anytime I get to think of him, I like to bring him up. There's a major league baseball player. That had the same name as our former co-host. Butch Henry. Butch Henry. Yep. He was one of the pitchers on the Montreal. 94. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. The yeah. 94 Expos. He was one of the pitchers on that 94 But he Expos had a goatee team. and a beard. Yeah, he was not oh, our both. Butch Henry, yeah. but he was a Butch Henry. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was on that team. The outfield was Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker, and Moises Alou. That's was, pretty was sweet, Was Cliff dude. Floyd That's... on that team, too? Cliff Floyd, Cliff Floyd was the first baseman. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, there's, there's that. So, we'll have plenty of Expos coming up in the next few months i would imagine when that gets all finished up but that is heading your way on netflix and some red sox content for those who are our red sox are just baseball fans and i'll close it out with this something gary to pass along we don't talk any hockey i want to say we, we we don't really talk that much we don't talk any hockey nope. but this was interesting um that the uh next wave of the uh, outdoor series the stadium series that the nhl has been doing for a little while now will take place at ohio stadium in 2025 as you see there on the graphic the detroit red wings and the hometown columbus blue jackets and you see that red oh yes uh, that is ohio stadium home of the buckeyes so on march 1st of 2025 an outdoor game between the blue jackets and the red wings at the horseshoe uh, which can hold over a hundred thousand fans uh, but it'll be uh, the first big uh, columbus event as far as the nhl goes since they hosted the all-star game which was back in 2015 so a lot of excitement about this and they started doing this way back in 2008 these outdoor games uh, so now at the Horseshoe, they've which done, uh, have they done Wrigley Field, Fenway? They've Park? been around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did a Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo was like the very first one that they did. Uh, they had the Sabers as a part of that, but uh, this is a part of the Stadium Series. Um, you also have the, um, I guess this year was the uh, Flyers and Devils, and then the Rangers and Islanders. And uh, those were at uh, MetLife Stadium there in New York. So this isn't a new concept, but it is cool. It's going to be at the horseshoe of, of all places. And so, Garrett, uh, get your little hockey two cents in here. What do you like, the stadium Oof. series? I do. I uh, This year I was able to watch. And the only thing with the, the stadium series that happened this year, so you played the Flyers and um, the the Devils played on Friday night, and that was really good. But when you got to Saturday's game, they played it at like 3, mm. and there were a lot of issues with the glare coming off the ice. Uh, there was a lot of complaints really from the Rangers coming out uh, about how they couldn't see and everything. So I think it's a great event, and that one had a, a massive turnout for both games. 
Um, you also have like the Winter Classics this year. You had it in Calgary. I believe it was Calgary and Edmonton. That's a good turnout as well. So this should be fun. I think having it in a college football stadium and knowing what you – like the environment we've seen from Ohio State football games, mm-hmm. if you can come anywhere close to that in this game, it'll be phenomenal. It'll be phenomenal. Yep, so they've done 41. I think this might be 41 games. Uh, they've done outdoors now over the course of the, the stadium series. But, yeah, just a little college football tie-in there with it being at the Horseshoe. March 1st, 2025. Book your tickets now, Blue Jackets and Red Wings. There's a few things off the radar. J.G. Neolardo saying it's the best off the radar ever, and a few others are. Thank you. Yeah. Did, Appreciate did you want that. to bring up Gus Cordova? No, that's okay. Okay, all right. I, I do want to mention one thing. Have you guys seen the controversy about the Major League Baseball uniforms? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you seen how, yes. how bad it's gotten? Yes. I cannot. We can't show the pictures because I don't want to get players flagged. bending over, stretching in the like on-deck circle, and everything <laughs> oh. is showing. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Oh, no. The, the, the full meal deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You are getting – there's a lot of nugget pounds going and bolts. on. Yeah. A lot of nugs. I, I did read a story on that the other day. A lot of complaints. They, you know, had some up close pictures that showed that the quality is just not uh, up to snuff uh, compared to what they've been wearing. And so, yeah, it looks uh, a bit shoddy. And plenty of folks will say, "Well, that's fanatics for you," because they've had dealings with fanatics and merchandise over the years. But that is fanatics, and um, there's been enough of a blowback that you do wonder if that's going to get. Corrected somehow, but I don't know that you can do much about it now because you're know, but like knocking I, on the door. But yeah, yeah it's not a got, good look. You got camel tail going on there, and <laughs> that's no good. <laughs> uh, Kim Coulter, I think, Craig spent all night on this off the radar, and there were a couple other stories we didn't even get to. Yeah. But uh, we will. Thank you. Every Tuesday and Thursday at four forty-five. Mickey Spagnola just around the corner. Paul's top five. I have to uh, leave just a little bit early. I'm not going to leave. I don't think in the next segment. My 85-year-old neighbor above me is having her windows replaced, and they need to get into my condo to get to the back of her condo. I thought it was going to be done this morning. Okay. I, I should just, like, I brought a ladder or something. So I, I just might just leave give slightly her, early. giving her the key. Just here. Whatever. She probably has one. All right. Uh, this is 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.